Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Breaking Bread Village, um, where we just come together in a collective effort to just grow the village and empower the mind by having the conversation. I do have three different educators here with me today to discuss um, the topic that we kind of started last week and want to start back up again this week and just kind of focus on some different things in regards to homeschooling and counseling. Um, and we just want to kind of give some tips um, regarding this new normal that we call it. Um, I first want to just kind of start off by saying that I send out my prayers to people in my community right now. Um, we've had several dams break um, today. And a lot of people are being evacuated and um, some people are in fear of losing their homes and have been displaced. So just want to kind of send out some prayers and positive light towards them today um, and just hope that everybody is safe and find somewhere to um, to be that's warm and dry. So wanted to start off by saying that. Um, and now I want to bring in our guest today. First, we have with us Miss Christina. Hey, Christina, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Um, and then we have Miss Hannah Ill is back with us today. So we're happy to see her. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Awesome. And then we have Miss Natalie. She is here with hey, us. As well. Hey, hey. Awesome. Thank you, you guys. Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm just so happy that you guys are here today um, just to talk about this. Um, we just, we got a lot to talk about. So we just want to go ahead and get started. So, if everybody kind of wants to introduce themselves and just kind of give a little brief synopsis of who you are. Um, Christina, if you want to start. Sure. My name is Christina Spencer and I am currently a school counselor. And this is my, I think, 19th year. I kind of lose count along the way. Um, I've been in education for 22, 23 years, but I've been a counselor since 2001. I'm currently uh, working at the secondary level where I am counseling seventh and eighth graders, but I have worked at the high school level as well. So glad to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, Ms. Hannah L. I am Hannah L. And I am a long-term homeschooler um, and now currently owner of Global Faith Academy. For years, I've had people asking me, are you going to teach other people's kids? And I was like, no, but here we are. So we opened up the school. Um, what, 2018? This is our second yeah. year, I think. Yeah. Uh, so we are a private homeschool in Cincinnati. So that's who I am. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Miss Natalie. Hello, I'm Natalie Pipkin. I am the mother and I facilitate the learning of two amazing self-directed learners, ages seven and 10, Andre and Nathan. I'm a, uh, I have a community drumming initiative here in Indianapolis called the Pulse Project Indy. I'm a community drum circle facilitator awesome. and I am just happy to be here. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys all for coming. I'm so excited to have this conversation today. Today, we're going to talk about basically how our parents have become homeschool teachers and how our parents have become counselors, how our parents have become advocates. Um, you know, a lot of parents are used to, you know, waking up, getting their kids ready for school, putting them on a bus and or dropping them off at school, seeing them later when school is out. Some schools now don't even give out homework. So essentially, a lot of times, you know, the kids are busy doing extracurricular activities and the parents have not had to wear this many hats and be, you know, um, the advocates in this capacity. So I really want us to just kind of talk today to give them a little tips on how we can help them out because I've had a lot of people reach out and say, you know, 
this is really stressful. You know, my son is having a hard time doing online learning. Um, he's not doing well. He's having temper tantrums. He's falling out and I don't know what to do. And I just need to go out into my car to get away, you know, for a minute to be able to breathe because I'm stressed as well. So I want us to be able to kind of help out as a village to help people um, to just kind of, you know, have some some pointers in this. So we're going to go ahead and get started with some of the questions. So for our homeschool educators, um, what challenges have you guys had during this time? Because a lot of times people think that because you, you know, well, they homeschool already, you know, they already do this. So this should be a piece of cake for them. But can um, maybe Natalie, can you start and just tell us what challenges you've had in regards to or if you've had any or if have you guys, uh, you know, thrived in this situation? So if you can just give us a little bit of insight, um, a personal insight for you guys, if you don't mind. Yes, of course. Um, there haven't been any, you know, new challenges or coping things we've had to deal with. But of course, this is not what we normally do. I mean, we don't get to go to pottery class. We don't get to go to chess. We don't get to go to drumming. We don't get to go to the museums. We don't get to do apprenticeships. So there's things we don't get to do. We don't get to be in community like we're used to being. But um, we, uh, you know, part of us coming home was because it was a collaboration, it was a choice we made together. So my children enjoy being home. So it hasn't been that sort of issue, but um, I, I would say that things are pretty pretty normal for the most part. Um, what I see around me isn't. Only thing I can say that definitely affected me, especially those first two weeks, was that I felt like I was back in the beginning of when I was trying to decide if I wanted to come home and leave the school system or not. And when you first are trying to decide, you're inundated with so many resources. So I was so just overwhelmed and I felt overwhelmed for the parents who were now coming home and everybody saying, do this, try this, fill this, fill this, fill that, fill that, do that. And it's like, hold up, man. Like there's real stuff going on in the world. Like you don't even know what these kids have as far as their workload they're getting from school, let alone filling in the gaps with all these new resources. Teach this, teach that. That's I, I was overwhelmed by that. And I had to come back to my why and to why we do this. And we do sure. this to get free. We don't do this to keep up with the status quo. We don't do this to to to, you know, we're not in competition with nobody. We are, you know, to the beat of our own drum. So I had to get back to why we do what we do and let my children lead and do what they naturally do and not panic for them. They ain't panicking. Why am I panicking? Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Hanel. Thank you, Natalie. I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I think um, our my situation as a homeschool is a little bit different because I have my my small group of students who I teach in person every day. Uh, so for us, because when the governor shut down schools, he said that means private schools as well. So we were we had to shut down as well. And for the first week or so, I kind of just you know relaxed, but it brought me back to. Um, um, as I kind of started to say in the beginning is that I've been having people for many years ask me, or am I going to offer online classes? And I said, absolutely not, not under any circumstances, never, and stop asking me, right? Right. So here we were. And so it was a learning curve for, for me, for us, my students, my current students. Um, but so I had to get on that digital learning bandwagon and learn how to Zoom, learn how to use Google Classroom, these various different platforms and things. So for us, it's really opened up our student body. And now I don't have to just teach students here in Cincinnati, 
because now we have is you know not that we didn't have Zoom before, but I just wasn't interested in the <laughs> well, because you're you're more hands on. You like the more right hands on approach. Right. So. But however, it's opened it up. So now I've got students in Michigan and Texas and Houston and Georgia, and I have students that are taking our classes from all over the country. So for us, it's kind it's kind of opened us up in that way. As a homeschooling family, though, I can echo what Natalie said. And that um, this ain't how it goes, you know. <laughs> you know, I heard a parent say that they were struggling with how it is that they feel the whole day with schoolwork. I'm like, girl, I'm struggling too. You think because we this ain't what we do? Like, I would be like, come on, we at the park. We're going to read in the, in the, under a tree for 30 minutes. And y'all going to throw a ball for 30 minutes. And then we're going to find sticks at the park and we gonna count the sticks. Can we take the sticks and make letters out of the sticks? Can we do division? You know, so we're very, especially because I have boys in my home. You know, right, we're right. very hands on and very busy. And so it's causing us, like Natalie said, to, you know, some of those things that we're used to doing, we um, don't get to do. So for us, there's been some challenges, but there's also have been some advantages as well. Right, right. Yeah, that sounds good. I like that because now, like you said, you have an open, I mean, you can teach people from all over. Um, so, Christina, our counselor, I have a question because this this part is also very important to me because you as a counselor see things that the parents and the teacher sometimes don't see, right, um, and from, the, from the student. So can you give me some examples of some things that you guys would see that, you know, and deal with? Because now these kids don't have you as a resource. So... I'm just wondering, you know, what things would you see that the parents or the teachers not see? You know, that's a good question. And I think, uh, you know, as counselors, we see a part of the child that even the teachers and sometimes even their own parents don't see. Um, you know, it's kind of a two sided coin. Um, I would I would like to say that we get to see the vulnerability of mm -hmm. the students, you know, by the time they reach your classrooms. They've already stopped by our offices. We've worked with them. You know, we've sort of temporarily patched them back together again to be able to go to school um, and go to class. And so the vulnerability that they're able to share with the counselor, sometimes they're not comfortable sharing that with their parents. So, you know, during this time of the pandemic, my concern is for my kiddos who, you know, come to my office frequently and they would share uh, personal feelings and worries and fears, they now don't have that outlet. And so that's my concern. And I think that's a lot of what the parents don't see. Um, they see it, but it shows up differently. It shows up as acting out. It shows mm -hmm. up as disrespect. Um, it shows up as nonchalant and not caring. But really what you're looking at is a result of what's going on on the inside. So those are some of the pieces that you know, we as counselors work through with the kiddos before, you know, they go to class or if they're coming to us and they're having a meltdown, we're doing the breathing techniques and we're talking about resiliency and we're doing all that. Well, the parents don't get to see that and the teachers don't get to see that. So I think the pandemic, you know, hopefully brings light to some of those sides of the students that we don't get to see. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And there's a comment in the, um, in the live comments that I'd like to answer or address. No, please do. Yeah. Tanya said that um, time management has been a challenge. And one of my um, pieces of advice for time management is to scale your day back. 
I think because people think their children start school at 7.15 and they leave at 2.15, that from 7.15 to 2.15, that they need to be doing work. And if they're right. not, they're not, they're, they're not giving them a full day of work. Um, I, in the state of Ohio, at least, I don't know what state Tanya lives in, but in the state of Ohio, the mandated, the, the, the required number of hours a day is five hours a day, right? So what, of, of instruction. So what I would do as a parent, I would take two hours, and I don't know how old your children are, Tanya, um, but I would say if they're, let's just say if they're in the, say kindergarten to second grade, I would not at all, I would not push past two hours a day with actual hands-on work that you're doing with them. Um, if they're a little bit older up into fourth grade, then you can put take it maybe to three hours, but it still really depends on the child. And spend the rest of the day cooking. So when you're cooking, people just see cooking, but you're talking about math, you're reading recipes, you're breaking down recipes. This recipe um, feeds four. We have a family of eight, so we've got to double it, or it feeds 12, but we don't need that much and we don't want to waste. So you can talk about food waste, you can talk about food scarcity in your city, in your country. You can watch YouTube videos. So you can take just cooking, making cookies and take so many lessons from um, that one thing, right? So school doesn't have to be, I'm going to sit in front of a book and a paper and a pen and just write all day or dictate or listen to you yakety yak all day. There's so many other things. You can be life skills. Right. So many children miss out on life skills. Teach them how to do laundry. Teach them, maybe you do a project where you watch YouTube videos on how to make laundry detergent. Um, different natural cleaning methods. Make your own hand wipes. Every, everybody was out of Clorox wipes. Okay, well, we can make our own disinfectant wipes at home and how do we do that? So be fun and be creative. And I know Natalie certainly can speak to allowing your children to be the directors of their own life. Absolutely. You know, I was about to go there well, right there. Exactly. Absolutely. Like, don't, don't put the onus on you. Like, I try to see myself as a curator, right? I'm going to bring you the materials and the resources, and you run with it. You say I'm interested in learning about spaceships. Let me find all the spaceship books and stuff I can find, and you have that. It, you know, but Natalie, I know, can speak um, more directly for that, as I know her boys are self-directed learners, but I think parents need to take that pressure off of themselves and right. try to feel the whole day, seven to two, with schoolwork. Exactly. Yeah, Natalie, if you could talk on that a little bit more, because I do think that a lot of people do feel that pressure, you know, the pressure of, you know, constantly being busy all day and it's just not necessary. And then they stress themselves out because then they feel bad. The parents feel bad with themselves because they feel like they failed because they didn't keep their child busy all day like the school does. So can you talk more about that, about self-directed learning, please? Yeah, I mean, I have to go back to the counseling aspect because. We are all those things. We've always been all those things. And it's, it's so, it almost makes me tear up to think about when we say, oh, parents now got to be counselors. Now they got to be teachers. Now they got to be, we've always been. We'd have never been free if we hadn't been teaching ourselves and talking to each other and getting our emotions out through drumming, through talking, through praying, through, you know what I mean? Like we always done this, but we've been so removed from it that we just, right, okay. yeah, we're, we're coming back to, but what I was going to say is a lot of that, that time management, that time you have could be relationship work going on. Just talking to your child, getting to know them all over again, getting to ask them how they feeling in this pandemic. We keep forgetting that I'm, I'm, I'm honestly disappointed 
at the schools requiring kids to have to do this many hours of this and this many. I'm, I mean, if I hadn't left two years ago, I've been out the first day they send a packet home because that you're you're not considering a child's emotions. You're not considering who's in their family sick right now or who's, you know, what's going on. All you're saying, you're putting the pressure on the parent who then oppresses the child with pressure. You better do this, you better go this, because they feel the pressure of failing the school. And you just, right. it's just a whole, this whole, you know, it's just, you know, go ahead. You want to say something, because, you know, <laughs> you to say something. Go ahead and talk. Well, no, yeah. um, so Tanya so Tanya said that her children are 13 and 16 years old, so teenagers. Um, mm -hmm. and certainly, you should certainly be giving them the bulk of the responsibility for their learning. They're old enough, and I'm sure they're intelligent enough, um, creative enough to take the reins. You should be put put that responsibility on them at 13 and 16 years old um, to be guiding and directing their own learning. So be, so be more specific with that, like as far as what, what kind of things can well, she do? I'll uh, answer that. I will answer that. I want to say that sometimes this truth be told because our children, my children were in the school since for a minute, too. When they're used to being in a certain routine, that creativity goes out the door sometimes. It does. So, yes. so, so it may be, there's a process that happens when we leave the school system and come home, it's called de-schooling. So oh. when the parents, when the parents had just had to experience this time, they had to come home, they didn't get any warning. They didn't get a chance to decide, hey, I want to come home. This was a straight up panic. Like I couldn't imagine, you know what I mean? I feel for them because at the end of the day, they didn't have a chance to come home and say, okay, let's wait a minute and figure out what we want to do. They had to go, there was no plan in place for them. They, they Some are still working. Some have lost jobs. You know what I mean? There's so much going on. So they didn't get a chance to de-school and get to know their kids and get to get to hear from their children what they love or what a perfect day look like to them. What are you interested in? How about you just try some stuff and come back to me and check in with me and tell me what you're feeling. And I'm going to observe you for a few weeks to see what you're into and I'm going to build on it. You know what okay. I mean? They didn't have a chance to do that. Yeah. You know, okay, so, also, um, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You know, one of the things that we also don't talk about much as we move from brick and mortar campuses to um, online learning, and I'm putting that in air quotes. Uh, right. Well, we're, we're going to talk about that too. So go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we are not, this is not online learning. We are in survival mode right now. Learning. Uh, but that's not what's taking place. And let's not forget, you know, if you're in a true online learning uh, system, there's training that takes place. There's training for the student. There's training for the teachers. There's right. even training for the parents. You know, I, my work has been primarily in brick and mortar schools, but I've also worked in an online program. And we had, you know, various layers of training before the kid, kid ever logged on and got a username or password. Yeah. So, you know, let's be clear that what our mm -hmm. children are doing, most of them, um, is not online learning. It is, is it's what had to be created uh, in a timely fashion, pretty quickly right. under the circumstances. So, you know, what we're doing, you know, true online learning is not taking an eight hour school day and literally putting that all online. That's not online learning. But again, to no discredit to our school districts. Right. Um, I mean, right. So we're all just doing the best we can. Um, this is not disrespect. This is keeping it real. This, I mean, this is honestly what's going on. So, hey, I, keep going. <laughs> this is being honest. We are, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can, but this is yes. not online learning. Let's right. be clear. Right, right. No, I, you know, and that's and that's what we just we just having this conversation because people are really out here stressing out. We have parents that are 
they're at the end of their road. They they have no idea this was not something. I mean, you you. I mean, we know you talk to people. They don't they don't want to be at home mothers, which is and I'm not. This is not a negative or. But I'm just saying, you know, just what the honest truth is. People don't want to do this. People don't want to be at home with their children. They are having a hard time with this at times because this is not what they signed up for. You know, um, and and again, as we talked about, they're stressed upon you know losing their job or having to do Zoom meetings with their job while trying to teach their their children you know at home and they they're not teachers they don't they this is not what they wanted to do so what tips can we give them in regards to um even de-escalating within themselves you know just kind of keeping the cool and i think one thing that we did um bring up was you know not trying to stuff everything into this long eight hour day that's just it's just not realistic it's just not realistic because even the kids take recess at school they have an art class they have you know they don't they don't they don't cram all that into that day either really um so what kind of tips can we give them in regards to that um you know just how to cope during this time, I mean, you know, because from a counselor perspective or even, you know, as a homeschool director, um, you know, Hannah L, do you have any tips to give them to kind of de-escalate? Natalie um, brought it up and it was on my, it was definitely on my mental, mental, my mental list to mention. And she mentioned de-schooling. I don't know who coined the phrase, um, but it, the term, but de-schooling is a process and a period of time by which you and your children um, remove yourselves, right? From what traditional school looks like. You wanna decolonize your mm-hmm. mind, your, your plan for school. Because what a lot of people do, and even people who take their time to homeschool and they're not thrown into homeschool by some crisis, right? right. A lot of people duplicate school at home. That's what they Absolutely. do. They actually literally go out, because you can buy a school desk on Amazon. They literally go out and buy a school desk. They bear all the whiteboards money can buy all the dry erase markers and all of the binders and folders and this and that, because this is what we think school is. If, if I don't have a desk, or if I don't have a whiteboard, if I'm not standing up here talking, if I don't have binders color coded, if I don't have a chart, what you did today. And if I don't have one of them weather charts, because that's what they have in the kindergarten class on today is, and this is the weather, it's sunny. Right, right. You know, they want to duplicate school. So this right. is the process by which you just actually just sit and chill out with your children. Um, and this is not de-learning, right? This is de-schooling, right? Because you can still right. be learning during this time. You can be taking your children to the library, picking out books, letting them pick out whatever books they want to pick out, read whatever they want to read. You can be cooking with them. You can be visiting family and friends. You can be looking through old family albums, um, having them do, you know, interview family members. Who is this? And what I found this picture in the album of you. Uh, where were you and what was going on? And just, you know, so they can still be learning. You can do really creative projects, but you really need to not plan to jump right into school. I think right. I really think that's part of what a lot of the stress is, is that they just like they just jump right in and they're like, we're going to do school at home. And it's like, yeah. Because they didn't have any idea. They people don't have any idea. You know, you sing your you sing your child off. You know, that's that's typically how people do it, right? They send their yeah. child off, you yeah. know, and then they get them back, <laughs> and then you know they cook. Uh, you know, maybe read a book, watch a couple of shows and go to bed and do it all over the next day. So um, this is really good that we're having this conversation. Natalie, do you have anything to add in regards to how to help a parent just kind of de-escalate because they feel this pressure of being these perfect teachers, right? I mean, I've seen it all over social media where it's like, you know, oh, I have to be this perfect teacher. I have to be this teacher like, you know, my child's teacher. And it's just not realistic. So um, 
what do you have to offer? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep saying the same thing over and over again because um, whether we're homeschooling or in school, and there's a, there's, a, there's something that's happening in both worlds that I, that I still see, and it's the re relationships work is not happening. Oppression can happen right. at home or in the school system, and a lot of times, um, I think what what we're not doing with children is well, number one, we're treating them like they're less than human. We're not having conversations that they can, if they can't comprehend, they can comprehend. They know if mom is tired, I can say, mom, you know, mom is tired. Like I'm going through this, that, and the other. Let me tell you about it. Like we can talk, like have a conversation with your children about how you're feeling instead of going off on them or instead of pushing them out the room and making them feel unwanted. Be honest about what you're feeling right now. This is what's right. happening right now. So you won't take your feelings and emotions out on them. I mean, how it, how awful, I'm gonna speak on this for a minute, I'm gonna forget it if I don't say it, sure, it goes with sure. it. But just the fact that I've seen so many memes and jokes about, oh my kid, oh my kid, my child this, yes. my child this. And it's only funny till it's not anymore because right. how you are teaching these, the, you're teaching the world, but you're just teaching these teachers how to treat your child. So you can't be an advocate for your child at home. You don't want them, you can't tolerate them. That's then how are you going to advocate for them when they go back? And exactly. you can do that in homeschool and you can do that in school because mimicking or mimicking the school system, like for instance, my kids actually chose this, and that's what you say, and they chose a whiteboard because they read books and books, there's kids in the books who have desks that open up. So I found them at an old school sale and we painted with chalkboards they can just color right. on them whatever they want, sit on them, you know. So choose letting the child choose is the main thing about homeschooling and and um one of the, I think the main thing is just the um, making our children feel wanted. So whatever you th that is, do that. So if you feel like you're going to be speaking into the way where they feel like they don't belong here or you don't want them here or you don't, you don't want them to be a part of your world today, you need to really step back and say, why do I feel this way? Because usually it's going to stand back to that workload they're giving you. It's probably going to stand back to that pressure the school is giving you. It's not about that child most of the time. And the child's response to you and how they're acting is usually not about you. It's about that workload they're getting. It's about that pressure they're feeling. So mm -hmm. having those conversations exactly. is so important. And, and it, it might be a time where this power structure we're so used to, where mommy and daddy over the child, teacher, principal over the child, needs to level out. Well, because, sometimes the teacher principal is over the parent too. Yeah, the so parent, we got. I mean, and then the, right. oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So oh, everybody needs, yes, yeah, leveling the playing field and quit treating treating them as if they have no feelings and nothing to say and nothing to offer yes. and don't understand maybe even what you're feeling today. My kids know I need space. They know when I want to go, and you know what I mean. And I also trust that they can, you know, be creative and, and do think of something to do. I don't have to fill up their time and their brains because they have the ability to do that. So we gotta be, communicate with our children. And communication. And I and uh, Deline, uh, Nalene, Nalene said um, relationships. And that was the word she used was relationships. And that's so important, that connection. And that's what I think we've lost. Um, and I think oh, yeah. during this time, we find it again um, to be able to connect back with our children and with ourselves. I mean, this is an oh, important yeah. time to say, you know what? I need a moment. And it's OK to teach your children. That. I know even when, when my boys were, were younger, when I started playing music, they knew I, I needed some time. This was my time. If I had to jump around, scream, dance, whatever it was, I need this time. And they were they knew to just kind of, you know, exit stage left and give me that moment. <laughs> And it's okay to say that, you know, <laughs> right. and have the communication say, this is where we're at. Um, Christine, I want to ask you, how do you think this is impacting our children right now, not having those resources? Um, 
you know, from the counselors, because, you know, I just remember working in the juvenile system and also at the alternative education and the kids really relied on the therapists, the counselors, um, the resource rooms. You know, they really relied on that because it was a time for them to just share things that they normally wouldn't share with their parents or teachers. So how do you think this is impacting them? Well, I think it's uh, impacting them heavily because they don't have those outlets. Um, you know, but at the same token, I think when all is said and done, um, it's going to teach our kids great resiliency. Um, mm -hmm. You know, some of us adults don't even have the resiliency that we know how to implement. We all have it and it's inside of us. Um, so at the end of the day, I do think, although our kids don't have uh, the counselors with them face to face, uh, that it's going to teach them resiliency. And as a counselor, you know, we get creative in reaching our kids. So we may not have them face to face, but we are sending, you know, Google Forms out to see if they need to talk with us. We are calling from our personal cell phones to see if they need to talk with us. You know, I'm sure every counselor in the building can say they've got their frequent flyers who they know they're coming to their office at least twice a day, um, sometimes more. So, you know, we're checking on those frequent, frequent flyers. So just because we are not there physically, you know, doesn't mean that we are not connected. Um, you know, the other thing that I wanted to chime in and say when we were talking about uh, de-schooling um, and tips is, you know, the word that comes to mind for me is grace. You know, we're going to have to yeah. extend grace. Absolutely. We're going to have to extend grace to students. We're going to have to extend grace to parents, to everybody involved. Even myself as a counselor, I've got to know that on some days it is OK not to be OK. And so that's what our kids need to know. That's what our parents need to know. Mm -hmm. Self-care is important. Um, so even as teenagers and, and young children, we can start teaching them self-care. Uh, we can teach them how to take deep breaths. We can teach them how to just stop, take a breath, go outside, smell the, you know, smell the trees. If it's a good day, take a walk. You know, so all of that is a part of how we teach kids to be resilient, even in a pandemic. But guess, because guess what? It's a pandemic today. It doesn't mean it's going to be roses after we all come out of this. Exactly. Something else is bound to be down the road, even if it's now, even if it's a year from now, 10 years from now. So the skills that they're using now and learning, they will always be able to learn and use in life. So, you know, without having counselors face to face, you know, it is challenging, but we still are creative in getting in contact with our kids. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Honey, oh, do you have anything to add? Um, I definitely can say that, you know, I'm a foster parent as well. And my oldest, um, I have a set of brothers and the oldest is in, the younger one is too young for school. And, um, and they only go to school, I will say this on record, they only go to school because they will not allow me to homeschool them or enroll them in the private school. And that's a whole nother issue for us. That I get on them people. But I will say that the counselors and they have been very um they have definitely reached out. Actually, his um his IA reached out to me today. So I think they are reaching out. And um while it is quite bothersome to me personally that they call so often, I do I have to step back and say I say that from a place from a place of privilege. You know, not all of the students that are home have parents that are capable, able, and willing to try to meet their needs. So I know I'm very, I am very thankful 
for counselors and aides and things like yourself, Christina, who are reaching out to the families on a weekly basis and some more than that, if they need it, um, I know they will reach out more, you know, if I didn't have the resources or the skills to really meet his needs. Um, so I definitely know that they are working double, triple time. You guys definitely are working double, triple time to meet the needs of your young people. Um, and so that's definitely very much appreciated. Awesome. Well, I just want to add one thing. You mentioned the word privilege and it, it took me back to um, actually last week's broadcast. I think, uh, Aaron, one of your guests, Dr. Gina, I think, um, mm -hmm. used a term that just really struck a chord with me. And she she said uh, privileged pandemic. And mm -hmm. so when she put those two words together, you know, if I was a if I was a pastor, I would have been like, that can preach, child. <laughs> you know, what she said was, we can't respect everybody's, some of us are living a privileged pandemic. Yes. Right? Yes. So that means, you know, I can use my household, for example. I, I, someone would look at me and say that I'm probably living a privileged pandemic. Uh, we're both my husband and I are educators, so we're still working. The checks haven't stopped. Right. Uh, I've got one child and he's rocking and rolling. He's in private school. They were already using an online platform. So the transition has been very easy for him. You know, we have Wi-Fi. We've got multiple devices. So mm -hmm. that's a privileged pandemic. And what happens is we start to believe that our privileged <laughs> pandemic is the baseline. Exactly. And it really isn't for a lot of people. Right. So we have to realize that, you know, you also hear we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. Mm, are we really? What you're right. probably saying is we're all in the same storm, right? But we're in different boats. Yeah, you got absolutely. this over here that's privileged. You got this one over here that doesn't have a computer. You got this one over here that has five siblings and one device. Figure that out. You know, right. things like that. So we just have to be cognizant when we say things like everybody's in the same boat or you're going to be OK. Well, they don't really know that they're going to be OK. So, right. you know, we just have to be cautious of those types of things. And to, you know, I, what you're, to what you're saying, Christina, I mean, I did spend a few years actually um, in the brick and mortar school system. And when this whole thing started and they were talking about we're going to send home these massive packets. And right. or we're going to put them online and we're going to do this. The very first thing I said to myself was in the urban school district. Yes. A good portion of our parents, they don't read themselves. And yes. if they do read, they read on the level or slightly above the level that their children do. Their elementary children. How in the world <laughs> do they expect that they're going to be able to facilitate this work? It's going to cause much more stress than it's worth. And I have told so many parents, I said, guess what? They're not going. This was two months ago. I said, they're not going back to school this year. Right. So if, I were, if it were me and they were causing me that much stress, I wouldn't do none of the work. I, would, I wouldn't do it. That was me. And again, I think that even that was said from a place of privilege, but I wouldn't do it. I would do whatever else I could. So I, I told like my foster son, I told his teachers the same thing. They said, oh, have you printed the packet? No, do you have access to the internet? I said, mm-hmm. They said, have you printed the packet? I said, no. She said, well, you can stop by the school and get one if you, if you can't print it. I said, I didn't say I couldn't print it. I said, I have it and I'm not going to print it. I don't want it. I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna spend my days 
going through the work. I, I have my own resources, my educator as well. Um, Y'all say he can't sit still, no way, and he can't learn, and he can't, 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 and he can't. And I sit him down at the table and I say, do this, and he worked for two hours straight. And I have to redirect him every now and then, but so obviously what I got ain't the bee's knees, no way. So I'm not hit it. No. Let me ask you a question with that, though. Like, again, you come from a <clears throat> sorry, I have bad allergies right now, but you come from a background with education. You've already been doing this. There's some parents, as you said, you know, they've been out working. They don't even know, they don't even remote. Some of them don't even read the books with their kids. <clears throat> so, you know, it's, it's they were relying on these packets on these these programs that the school are given. But a lot of times right now it's just not realistic. I mean, you know, as you said, Christina, you have five, somebody has five kids in the household. They're not even used to having their kids home all day. Some of them don't even like them being home for spring break or winter break, let alone <clears throat> for months at a time right now. So, you know, just even with the time management part of it. So, um, I guess for me, I really want to talk about, you know, more so not even just the school part, right? Because that's that's a part of it. We, we know they have to do some of that, but the emotional part of it, you know, um, the mental part of it, you know, I mean, because you guys, okay, homeschool teachers, what do you guys do with your kids? I mean, you have moments where your kids probably have times where they just don't want to do. I mean, they're, they're done for the day. <laughs> okay. I'm a, I want to add one thing to what you were saying before, though. Um, just about of the education of the parents who are getting these packets and those kind of things. Again, as people of African descent, this is our time to go back to what we used to do. And part of that is community. And yeah. if anything, these I would hope these schools will start. I mean, when is school over though? We keep talking about what these schools are gonna do. Y'all got like a week left? I hope it's over soon. Right. Number one. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know when it ends. It's like it's never when ending. When is yours when is yours end, Christina? Soon? We end in two weeks, yes. Okay. okay. Okay, Natalie. So soon. Yeah. Okay. But e but even in the midst of that, um, even over summer, parents um within these schools need to start connecting and communicating. I know yes. many of them are not in the same neighborhoods because schools aren't built like that anymore, but everybody's in one little community. Right. But we have so many ways to reach out and we need to use each other as resources because you may not be able to read, but you may be, may be great at sewing. You may not be right. able to do math very well, but you may be excellent at writing. Like we need to tap in. To what we're all good at in our communities, and not yeah. throw you know parents out saying they can't do. They probably can't, but you can, and you probably can build on that. But they do know something. They uh -huh. they raised them this far. You know what I mean? They know right. something, and we need to be able to bring that together. And that's what we've always done. This is a this is a good time to get out. It is really is. I know it's a hard time, but it's a good time to like you were saying for decolonize and and think about all this pressure and anxiety and these ugly feelings you're feeling. They all the root. A lot of the root of it is just some simple old colonization and some simple old stuff we ain't we don't deserve and don't need and don't ain't used to not saying that you're supposed to leave but we can get free within these systems as well mm -hmm. connect to each other get fi figure out the root issues of your children's whatever they flopping around for figure out the root issues of your flopping around in your tantrums you know what i mean like really exactly. <laughs> you know like get to the root of some things over this time you know well that's well that's a lot of it a lot of times they're they're just reflections of us that's 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 really what our kids are a lot of times they're reflections of us we're spazzing out we're stressing out so now they're stressed out and see kids Children, a lot of times, are not able to have that voice. They're not able, you know, they're not allowed. I should say they're not allowed. Allowed. To there it is. You know, I'm having a bad day, or I'm sad today, or I really don't feel like doing this today. You know, I just think about 
the many days that, you know, I called off of work because I needed a, a, just a day. I'm like, look, I need a day. Okay. I'll see y'all tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. I will see you tomorrow. I need a day. Just even if it's just sitting on my couch and kids are not allowed to do that. You know, they say, they say, you know, I don't feel well. My tummy hurts. So really, they just don't feel like doing it today, you know, and we don't allow them to have that at times. So if you couple that with now a pandemic, parents are stressed, they're adding their stress onto their children and, and you know, because the computer's not working, they can't get onto the online learning site. Instead of just saying, you know what, we're going to shut this down today. It's not working. <laughs> I'm not working. I don't feel like working. Let's try it again tomorrow. We, we, we push ourselves and I, and I just don't understand that. I don't know why we can't just be- Because we're being pushed. We're being pushed because someone's grading you. Even in the midst of a pandemic, that's someone's true. giving you an A, B, C, one, two, three, or something. No, that's true. And so we are, how we parent is the pressure that's put on us. A lot no, of times we no. leave because we want better relationships with our children. Sometimes mm -hmm. that pressure, even from people's jobs you work mm -hmm. at, not just school, any type of system you're in, there's somebody on your head, on your neck. And then we get on our kids' neck. And so it's not as easy. We wish we could just say, hey, turn the computer off, don't do the work. But you know the principal going to call. Or you know the teacher's going to say, right. you're getting graded Friday. So it's really something we have to we have to push. These parents have to push through to get to the end of them two weeks so they can breathe and then really build that relationship back with their kids. Because so they really can't get out of it if there's someone on their neck right now. If they're in that situation where you have to do it and you have no choice and you're getting graded. Unless they're going to leave, they have to kind of endure this, unfortunately. And that then once they come out, they have to rebuild and say, you know, and figure out, is this what we want or is there a better way? Or when we come back, we got some demands for this school we're at. We ain't doing this if this goes down again. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, I'm to say, um, Hanel. Okay, and then Christina, I have a question for you next. Hanel, go ahead with your with your. Um, it's time. Okay. Push back. That's right. It's time. Yes. Come on, let's get free in the system, out the system. We ain't got time for this. Go now. You can send your offerings to um. <laughs> we need time to get free. I got these babies out here talking about Annie got an apple and Jane got a. It's a daggum pandemic out here. Don't nobody care about Jane. Uh, Annie's apples. Or the train. And, you know, and you know what's funny is that the, the parents are putting all these riddles online <laughs> trying to get because they don't know how to answer this stuff even. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I do want to say, you know, and and in my in my district where I am, I will say that our superintendent has been fantastic, and he probably he said something that I don't think any superintendent has enough guts to say. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when we first started. He, you know, on his Facebook live, we get updates and that sort of thing. And, you, you know, he said, we are asking you as parents to do something that is almost impossible. Yeah. And we know that. And we know that on some days you are not going to want to engage and your children are not going to want to engage. And guess what? Don't engage. And so, you know, I have to say, coming from a superintendent, Right. Um, That's excellent. Very often. Mm -hmm. um, so it was very satisfying for me to hear that they know that they will have different levels of engagement. You're going to have the kid who's going to do everything that's assigned to the kid who's mm -hmm. not going to do anything. And what he was saying was they're both OK and everything in between. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I like Haniel's perspective. You know, we're not going to do it. We're just not going to do it. I'm all for it. You know, we're just mm -hmm. not going to even my kiddo who is strong and you, you know, I don't really have to monitor him. He just kind right. of self-sufficient. 
but he he is he's about done, you know, in 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 ebonics, he's over it. Right, 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 right. Like I, you know, what's the point? We're over it. I don't feel like working, and you know, they're gonna get the very least out of me. And I just had to say, son, that's okay. Do what you can do. That's all we can do. Right. Yeah. It's not worth. It's not worth his mental sanity for me. Thankfully, he's able to do that, and you know that he has a school district that allows him to do that. And a parent, and a parent, and a parent. They may not allow it, but his parent allow it. Well, and that's that's the thing that's so beautiful because you have some parents that sometimes don't want to be bothered. They're like, go in there and get that work done so they can finish doing, or they need to keep working so they want to keep you, you know, keep the child occupied. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot of dynamics um, to that. So go ahead, Hannah L. You had something to say? I was going to say, share what I I, I did this once. Don't tell nobody, y'all. Okay, we'll keep it to it. Don't tell nobody. Um, There was one time when we, when when I first started Schooling, I was using um, K-12. K-12, most, a lot of people know K-12 because they, you can use K-12 in many different states all over the country. And right. it's an online, full-fledged um, school. It's public school at home. And we did it the first year and it was, it was all right. Um, we did it for a second year. And about midway through the year, I realized I was over it. My daughter was over it. I remember that. <laughs> it was way too much work. It took about 10 hours a day. And I'm not exaggerating to complete everything and to do everything. It was absolutely ridiculous. This is what I do. Okay? And y'all can do this if y'all want to. But don't say you heard it from me. We won't tell. Okay. I did it for her. This whole second half of the year, all of that online schoolwork, this was like fourth grade. I did it myself. I, I used what they were doing as a guidepost because I what would take her 10 hours of a day to do, I could complete in about an hour and a half, right? And so I could look at the work for a week, say. I can look at two, three, four days worth of work and I could teach that in my own more simplified way, reduced and so forth. I can do it in about two or three hours and use my own resources. So if parents are really struggling, I know this last week, this home stretch, this last week or two, is really stressful. Um, mm-hmm. If your children are over it, they're burnt out. And if you can, I'd do it for them. Who would know that you did it for them? And I'm just, I'm just saying, you said you're real, Aaron. I'm just real. No, did it for them. They're not going back to school. They're not. They're not going to lose anything. Just be done with it. <laughs> just be done with it. Just be done with it. Don't even the stress of it is. It's not worth. It's not. And I think everybody's over it. It's not worth the stress of it. Do it for them if you can. I know we really don't try to. We try. You know we don't um, do work for them. But if you can do it for them, do it for them and just get it done. Get those grades in in and move on and and use the summertime, the rest of this time to de-school and figure out if you are going to actually go and jump into homeschooling, then um, you got some time. And she, I see my web address here or you can hit us up on Instagram. Very much so. Instagram number one would be the best way to reach us at Global Faith Academy. Shoot me a message. I talk to parents all across the country all week. Um, and I counsel parents all across the country all week long. Um, so okay, we're going to we're going to get to that in just one second. I want to um, look at what Patricia Cannon said on here. She said um, that she believed the packets 
quote unquote, you know, has more to do with the systems within the school and not learning. Absolutely. You know, parents, parents have an opportunity to get the control whether they want to or not. And that is that goes back to what you were talking about, Natalie. This is the time to start reclaiming your home, reclaiming your family, um, and not just kind of sending them out. And and I and you know, this is not a negative to people that do that because I mean everybody doesn't have, you know, everybody's life is different. So this is not a negative. I think this is just a way to look at this in a positive and look at the different things that we can do now, you know, just kind of reset. Like you said, honey, use this time during the summer to kind of reset because that's what I want to ask you guys next. Um, how do you guys think school is going to look next year? I mean, what, you know, because I, I know I've read things where they want, you know, 30 to 30, uh, Erica said, reclaim your household, right? It, it's time. I mean, this is the time. I think this is, you know, one thing I always say is that every negative has a positive. You just have to look for it. Um, and I think that that's something right now that we can look for is this positive to say, okay, how can I reclaim my child again? How can I reclaim my home, my family, you know, the structure within our family? So how do you guys think uh, school will look next year? Because I'm, I'm just really curious about this because, you know, I know some classrooms that I've been in have 30 to 35 kids in them and they're saying six feet apart and all that. I mean, is that even practical? I mean, is, is the stuff that they're, they're proposing, is it practical? What do you guys, what do you guys think? Well, I've heard, well, I've heard in our district, or at least from our district, just from the people that I know that work in the district is that they're going to stagger the students like two days in two days, like say, a through K is going to go to school Monday and Tuesday or Monday and Wednesday, then J through whatever, Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and so they'll be doing both in person and online. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know how practical that's going to be, but I know that's what's being proposed at the moment. Okay. I still think that's like erratic and just kind of I think right now they're just throwing out ideas. Um, Christina, yeah. for you, what do you think... How do you think that will impact the children in regards to the 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 structure or non-structure of it? Like, how, how do you think that will impact them? Because it just seems really all over the place to me right now um, from the outside looking in. So what do you well, think? Well, what I will say is I actually hope pandemic or not when this, you know, when this is over that we actually don't go back to traditional school. Again, having done both brick and mortar school and online, I would love to see the hybrid model, blended model um, stay in place, a true model, um, you know, not something we've kind of thrown together, but a true hybrid model where students have the option to be able to learn online as opposed to coming face-to-face -to, -face to a school. Um, okay. You know, one of, in my opinion, one of the, the one of the um, demographics that I think is hits the hardest by traditional brick and mortar school is our black boys. Our black mm -hmm. boys don't do desk and roles and confinement. They yes. don't do that well. They do. Um, so, all of us have one. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, yes. And you know, not that they're bad. They're, they just no. everybody just doesn't learn the same. And the and the fact that we're still doing old school, you know, desk and roles and you know, can we at least get some groups? Can we get some collaborative efforts? Why are we still in desk and rows? Um, so my hope is that we will continue to have some sort of hybrid model um, where our students can choose, I guess, um, if, you know, because the reality is even when schools do open up in the fall, there are going to be some parents who are reluctant to send their kids back to school. Oh, for sure. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. 
you know, and the law says you cannot deny them an education. So, you know, they're going to have to, we're going to have to be prepared to offer some sort of hybrid model anyway. So that's what I'm thinking where I think that's where we're headed. I agree. Natalie, do you have anything on that? Cause I, cause you do self-directed learning anyway. So I, I want to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah. Um, I feel like, um, it's definitely a good time to explore other options. I mean, if you're fed up, I mean, there's there's so many people who are homeschooling. I mean, it's not just for one, it's not just for two parent home, not just for a single parent, not just for, it's so many people who are, they're homeschooling. And we think that homeschooling is, is just for a certain type of person or a certain, you know what I mean? It's, just, it's a good time to really explore what homeschooling can look like for you, what unschooling or self-directed, whatever kind of learning environment you want to create for your child, what that sure. could look like and not automatically jump to three or four months from now and say, we're going back. Stop and pause for a minute. Reimagine life. Reimagine what could be. Maybe you haven't thought of it before, but it's a good time to just think about it. You don't see you have to do it, but to think about it, to really ask what is making me upset about the right now? And is there anything different that I can do? Even if I can't do it this year, can I plan for next year? What do I want for my, what do I want for my child? What does my child need? What do they want? And what, is this something I can work towards in the next three months or the next you know, year or whatever, but really exploring new options and really um, figuring out what, what, what you really, what you're really, what you want learning to look like? What do you want your children to love learning? How can I make that happen? Are they loving learning this way? If they're are they hating it now, I need to figure out a new way to do this so that they can be lifetime learners who who love learning, who love learning. And, and and I agree with you so much, Natalie, and just being more purposeful, right? I mean, being more purposeful in your child's education. Um, I think it's just, it's been so easy for some of us to just, I hate to say, you know, ship them off, but that's what it's like, <laughs> kind of shipping them off and them having them brought back to you. So now we can be a little bit more purposeful and actually participate in their education. I mean, I think this is a, a perfect time to do that. Um, we have Erica... Um, she said the colleges here in um, Georgia are probably not going back in the fall. Um, her sons go to Morehouse College and this is a college where you have to be there. We all know the Morehouse, you know, uh, experience. So you have to kind of be there to really get the full effect. But they're changing things up, too. And, you know, may not go back. So I know myself, I want to ask you guys, you know, just kind of some questions um, even for myself, because my oldest son, you know, they had to do online learning to finish up the school year. and he ended up really struggling with a class that he was so used to being in person with, you know, and he's in college. And so, I mean, what are some tips we can give our students, you know, to kind of help themselves self-learn because some parents aren't good with helping their child. I mean, it's just, the, it's just the way it is. Everybody's not good at doing that. So what kind of tips can we probably give um, the children how to deal with, you know, learning on their own um, from the educational standpoint, uh, you know, viewpoint and also from just the emotional standpoint, you know, how to deal with it. I think, I think I'm going to say now um, when you're talking about what do you want learning to look like and what should we do? I think you should absolutely positively 100% have your children at the table when you're having that conversation. You can't sure. build a learning environment or a homeschool, you know, room or, you know, life without the, in, the input of your children, even if they're five. They still know what they like and what they don't like, even sure. when their minds That's so sure. Natalie can attest to this. As homeschoolers, you could say January the 1st, we about to learn this. We about to read these books. We going to do this. And then January the 7th and a half, 
y'all all on something else. They like, well, I don't want to read that no more. It's okay to stop in the middle of a book and pick up another book and read something. It's okay to stop right. with a YouTube series and that you were learning with and do something else. Absolutely have them at the table. And this is this that's what self-directed learning is. You can't make it up for them. Asking them anytime, anytime I start with new students, I always ask them these questions. I say, um, what do you like most about school? What do you dislike most about school? And what have you always wanted to do in school that you have never been able to do? And that's where we really start is what are the things that you've always wanted to do that you've never been able to do? Because a good portion of what we do, even though we meet in person and people bring their children to me to teach them, um, a bit, good portion of what we do is what do you want to do? I don't know what you want to learn. I don't know what your interests are. And you could tell me today I want to grow up and be a, a phlebotomist. How about six weeks from now you get introduced to an ultrasound tech and you say, I want to be an ultrasound tech. Okay. Right, right. Or and then six weeks later, you might say, I want to be a full-time painter. Change of plan. But that, that goes back to what Natalie was talking about, the connection and the relationship. Right. One thing that um Patricia said, she said, how do they learn to use their new phones and video games? And that goes back to the learning part. But my answer would be is because they enjoy it, right? They enjoy video games and phones. So this goes back to what you guys were saying earlier about making education enjoyable, you know, finding something that they like, tapping into um, your life. And you can find stuff in anything and, and, and make a lesson out of it. Um, did you have anything to add to that, Christina? I thought I saw you about to say something. Well, I was just going to say, you know, while our students are pushing through and you know, you talked about tips for them to kind of self-learn, you know, in addition to resilience, um, I think this also uh, teaches uh, grit. Um, I'm big on grit. You know, life is not always pretty. Um, and so if nothing else, this will teach them some grit. Um, and so with that being said, you know, if they're having to self-learn, you know, take advantage of, again, it's not a perfect online learning system, but take advantage of those online resources um, that your teachers are offering you, you know, if they have office hours, um, show up to the office hours. If they have the live lessons or the Google Meets, uh, you know, show up to those things so that you can get the additional help that you need. Uh, one of the thing about, one of the unique things about, you know, doing online learning is that, you know, a lot of our kiddos who otherwise wouldn't ask questions in a full classroom can mm -hmm. do that behind the computer. Yeah. Um, so for those kids, you know, it's phenomenal because it, it, it allows them to be able to open up. Um, so, you know, it's not a perfect system, but I do think out of it will come, like I spoke of earlier, the resilience and the grit um, that our kids will need as they move through this life. Yes. Yes. Natalie, I had a question for you. Mm -hmm. Um you know, again, with the self-directed learning, because this because really, essentially, that's where we're I mean, that's where we're going. And so, I mean, I, I really believe that I think it's going to be more self-directed learning. I, I, I hope that it will be. Um, but when you said earlier, you know, kind of taking back your family, taking back the kids, you know, kind of reclaiming what steps do people go you know, what's what I guess what steps do people take to get there? You know, how do they get there? You know, because everybody doesn't have that mindset. You know, some of us have the mindset of like the village, the tribe, the community. Um, everybody doesn't and, and not in a negative way. They just don't. They haven't been exposed yeah. to it. Um, so how do they get there? <laughs> I guess that's the question. How do um, they take the steps? Um, we're going to have to look around and see what we've accepted. 
we are in this, like you said, this in this together mode, like you were saying earlier. Right. But um, we really have forgotten a lot of what was harmful before then, a lot of what we didn't like. Everybody's kind of panicking together. We forgot what they weren't teaching our kids in school. They forgot some of the harmful ways they were treating them, some of the punitive, you know, things that were a lot, you know, if everybody's all kumbaya, but I need parents not to forget that part because a lot of that self-directedness is coming from unlearning some of the harmful things they've learned from mm. being under some oppressive systems. Oppressive systems doesn't identify, this looks like talking about the police force, right? That's an oppressive system, right? There's good cops, there's good teachers, but we're talking about systems and how they harm this our children. Yeah. They talk about how they harm our children. Maybe they don't, like even in my situation, my child had, there was things going on, but he was on a roll, he was doing what he was supposed to do. But how dare I have him be this model student? They say everybody need to be like him and make him the, you know, the, the, the that's a form of racism too, to say get like him while they're punishing people who look like him for, for doing little things kids do. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we really need to unlearn a lot of things. Uh, we need to not be okay with being okay with how things are. Even if your child's okay, somebody else's is not. We need to kind of right. like look around at that, at what's happening, not just to our own little family, but outside right. of that. Maybe we're pandemicing, like you said uh, earlier, you said pandemic privilege. Maybe we are, but who's not? And right. how, you know, how we need to look at the whole big picture and we need to start un right. we need to start questioning and saying, is that okay? Is that, maybe this, my school's straight, but that school ain't right. And that's my baby's there too. And that school ain't right. Like We need to start looking at things as and 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 as a, as a community, looking at our whole community, start questioning yeah. things, start unlearning things, and then start deciding for ourselves what is success. Not according to what Thank they you. say success is. What yeah. in our, what even in our community, how are we going to define success? Is your mind well? Do you feel well? Do right. you love well? Am I treating right. you well? Like you know, do you love what you do? Do you love how you do it? You know, like we need to really redefine it because we are. Yeah. Um, we are, we are we are chasing someone else's success and it's stressing right. us out and we're under someone else's power and it's stressing us out and we can still be in these systems. I know everybody ain't going homeschool you. It's not possible. I'm I'm not anti-school. I'm anti-oppression. So right. we have to really address those kind of things for our children to get free enough to lead themselves. They're not free. They've never been taught to be free to leave. I got to raise me to go to the restroom. Mommy on my case because she don't want me to get labeled at school. And this is happening. And this is happening. They, we got to help them get free. So we have to get free first. We have to be honest with what we've tolerated, what our grandparents tolerated, and, and, and start saying, okay, we're going back, but this ain't about to go down. We need to come together and say, it's not going down like this. If you're going to stay there, better be fighting from the inside in the belly of the beast. And that's not every school, but there's many of them. Yes. And that's how you make change. And I agree with that wholeheartedly that we do need to see and be honest with what's not working. I mean, some things just aren't working. And, um, you know, that's why they call them some schools institutions for a while, because they do become institutionalized. And I think this is a good time for us to really look at the things that aren't working and, and make some changes. And, and as parents, we have that power. Um, and you know, Christine, I know you as a counselor, I know you advocate for children all the time. You have a son um, in the school system. You know, I, I have four that are in the school system. Um, we all have boys, especially, you know, and, you know, I remember when my kids were younger and they, I would get phone calls that they were too, you know, they would run too much or they would do this or they were too loud. And I said, well, I mean, okay, what do you want me to do about it? I, I didn't know what to do about it. You know, and I, you know, it just was so, and like you said, it is, it is a bit oppressive just in the sense of 
that cookie cutter look that they want every child to look like. And it's just not, it's just not practical. It's just not, and it's not fair to them because we don't even operate like that. We all have our own identity and we, you know, are allowed to express it and kids are not. So I really agree with you, um, um, Natalie and Patricia saying, I like redefining, you know, success in our schools. It's true. We this is the time. I think this is the time for us to stand up for a lot of changes um, in our in our communities. Um, this is a time and we have to collectively do that. And we have to not be afraid to say that's not OK. That is not working. Uh, we want something new. Um, honey, oh, did you have something? That I saw your hand up for something to say. Um, well, I, I think I was saying. because <laughs> I, um, I, had, I had an example. I think someone had asked a question about um, self-directed learning, what like how what it looks like or what an example of it was. But I also was going to say, and I want to say this before I forget, um, parents, I think if you're really serious, you're going to have to do some reading. And if you if you will type this in, Aaron, um, read anything you can by John Taylor Gatto, G-A-T-T-O, John Taylor Gato, G-A-T-T-O. And then read anything you can, anything you can get your hands on by Jawanza, J-A-W-A-N-Z-A, Kunjufu, K-U-N-J-U-F-U. Read everything you can, you can, you can get done. Love, love him, love, love, love him. Yes, we'll um, add that on too. Love him. Um, John Taylor Gato's books, Kunjufu, K-U-N-J-U-F-U. It's Jawanza, J-A-W-A-N-Z-A, Jawanza Kunjufu, K-U-N-J-U-F-U. John Taylor Gatto's books, he was a teacher in New York City Public Schools for, I think, 20-something years. Teacher of the Year in the state of New York, got all these awards and put the whole system on blast. His stuff, his stuff, his stuff will, his stuff is amazing, right? A lot of his books you can get on any of those platforms where you can read online. Like um, Hoopla, H-O-O-P-L-A, um, is an app where you can read books online for free. Yep, Erica typed it in too. If you can see the live comments, John Taylor Gatto, and you can read his books or listen to his books for free. Jawanza Kunjufu, read his book, if, especially as it pertains to boys and black boys in the school system. And yes. I challenge any teacher who teaches in the urban school district, and they tell me they don't even know who Juwanza Kunjufa is. I say, you <laughs> to find you another job in another school district. Oh. <laughs> our children, you can't teach our children in our in our culture. <laughs> you haven't done you haven't done the work to really what because what you learn in teaching school and in your in your school program that's not going to teach you how to teach black children in the urban school district. That's not going to help you do that. There are people who have written great books from which you can learn and glean. And Juwanza Kunjusa is one of those. So I would say the same thing to parents. Whether I don't care whether you teach in the school system or whether you're teaching at home or whether you're in this middle of conundrum where you're trying to figure out what to do with your life and your children when mm -hmm. the school goes back. I think reading those, reading from those two authors will um, set your mind ablaze. Yes. So I would, I would say that. Well, and can I, I just um, yeah, interject yeah. right quick, right quick? I know we're running no, out of time, but no, as no a counselor, we have okay, as a counselor, I would be remiss if I did not mention mental health um, yes. during this time. You know, a lot of us are I suffering in silence mm -hmm. um, from kids to parents to whomever. And so right now we're still swimming. And so we don't even really know what the effect of this is going to be on our mental health uh, when all this is said and done. So 
you know, please, please, please take care of yourselves. Uh, utilize the resources in your community. If you don't know what those resources are, you can Google. Uh, NAMI has some great resources and it's free. Uh, but again, I just wanted to, you know, chime in on the mental health because, you know, a lot of our, our folks are suffering. Suicide rates are up. Um, yes. Domestic violence is up. Yes. Uh, so we've got to be sure that we don't neglect uh, that part of what's happening before us. Okay. What's well, some ways of self-care? Go ahead. Oh, Natalie, you have something to add? Oh, when she said resources, I wanted to mention earlier, you were talking about how everybody doesn't have access to internet and those kind of things. And in yeah. the midst of this, um, uh, a little over a month ago, we started um, the Black World Schooler Storytime Hotline, just oh, so yeah. that children yeah. um, said that children can call in. Like when I was a kid, I called. I didn't have the internet and the computers and the printer and all that stuff. I was calling into everything all the time. It's stuff that costs money to get in trouble. But right. ours is free. <laughs> ours is free. But it's a Storytime Hotline each week. We have somebody volunteering from all over the world. This year, she's this this week. She's from England. Last week, we had Tiffany Budgetista um, on there. But we have a story being told. Um, a, a quote of the week and all kind of things they can call. It's one eight four four nine five zero one eight one one. They can call twenty four seven to hear a, a a bedtime story. If the parent doesn't want to read it, what's the uh, number? Sorry, one eight one eight four four nine five zero eighteen eleven. Sorry, they can call and get oh, a, a good night story. Yeah, you there you go. Yeah, that was, I just want to throw that in there. So that's no, a mental health break too. Letting the letting the child call and get the story in while you do your thing. <laughs> you no, know, yeah, so. I mean, and, and give us some tips. I mean, we're moms too. I mean, we're moms, uh, teachers, advocates, counselors. We we all have have worn these hats. Um, what's some proper, you know, some tips we can give to our mothers and our fathers, you know, for, 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 um, that mental health sake and just to have that self care, because a lot of times, I, you know, we, I know as a mother, I've tried to, you know, remain strong and appear strong for my children. I mean, because that's just what we do, you know, but sometimes you have to be able to say and be honest, say, you know, I'm not okay right now. And, and, and talk to your children about that. Say, you know what? I need time because when you make it normal for them and they get to hear you say, I need a moment, then they, they feel comfortable to say, I need a moment. You know, if we never had that conversation, um, then they don't feel comfortable having the conversation. So do you guys have any tips um, before we go? You know, some self-care, what you guys do? Because I know what I do. I play music. Music is my healer, okay? I will play yeah. in a heartbeat or, you know, just go outside and breathe. Uh, what are some tips that you guys have? Um, one thing that it sounds like it's not self-care because you're not by yourself, but playing, we don't play enough. Yes. And when I play, like for real, like on the floor, play. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, bringing that kid into you again. Like, you know what I mean? We're always into the next day or the next week. But being present has been such a, a relief for me to just be present and to be yes. right there looking at their faces, counting the marks and the ear. Like we don't you think about driving to school every day, you know, and they're in the back seat. Think about how much we don't look at them. Just being right. present and being appreciative of just that little face and that little time and that little game. Yeah. That's been that's been and of course, baths and music too, right? But right. talking and communicating, all those things. But really, playing. I've been. I'm trying to learn how to double dutch. I oh, always want. To, you know what I mean? Like playing yeah. has been my has been my jam right now. Like playing right. has really just. I when I remember to play, I feel so much better. That relief of adulting going away. I'm like, let's. I need to play. I'm a double dutch today. We're gonna play this game. We're gonna do. You know, we you play, but really getting like playing, playing like how kids play. 
You well, know, and this, this is a good time too for kids to get back into imagination. I mean, you know, because they kind of lost that, right? Kids kind of started always on these video games and always on the TV. Imagination is, is so good to have. And so I'm kind of echoing what you said, Natalie, in regards to, you know, just kind of being present and doing that fun stuff and using your brain and just having fun. Christina, did you have any any tips in regards right. to yeah, just, you know, being active, like Natalie said, you know, I like to take walks. So I walk my neighborhood, um, you know, not safe to really go to the gyms yet. So I do my walking um, and I have weights and the treadmill and the whole thing. So I try to do that just to keep active. So I encourage our kids to go outside and move. Yes. And uh, play. We are not moving. We are not moving. We are not moving. So we need yes. to get our kids moving. Uh, for myself, I love candles. Candles just give me peace. Yes. Um, so I like yes. to burn my candles. Yes. Um, so just you know, I just those few things and journaling. You know, if you don't, if you're not an outdoor, outdoorsy person, uh, just you know, expressing yourself through journaling. We can even get our kids to do that. Um, just mm -hmm. writing your thoughts because you know one thing that I always tell my students at school is you know the difference between you guys and us is you know we had places to go to talk. We had rec centers. We had you know, the neighbor down the street, we had auntie down the street and our kids just don't have those places anymore or our parents are busy. And so they can't take them to those type of things. So just write those feelings out. Even You don't have to send it to anybody. You don't have to tell it to anybody, but just get it out. It's better out than in. Yes. I, you know, um, we have a couple comments here. Patricia Cannon said, you know, this is the role of the village. We may need to um, identify some of the parents who need help challenging the status quo, because some people aren't able to speak up for themselves. That's a really good point, Miss um, Cannon. Um, you know, it's some people aren't able to speak up. They're kind of shy or they're intimidated um, by different um, levels of the regime. So, you know, we may need to help. And that's that's where, go ahead, Natalie, go ahead. I know you care, yes. I was in it, yeah. Um, because I know, I understand I was in it. And when you're in it and you fighting it, then you fear for how they're gonna treat your child. It's a whole yeah. lot. It's, I learned I can be louder outside, but I also know we need to fight inside. And so the what uh, next month we'll have our website up, blackworldschoolers.com. It's not out yet. It'll be out next month. But but that will be part of it, being able to teach parents and children how to advocate for themselves and how and, and equip us to to fight right. And uh, that's what we'll be doing through that website, being able to have those consultations and have resources so they can advocate uh -oh. within the school system for their children and for themselves. Okay, yeah. Um, and we had a comment too, that, that a couple comments actually that talked about bullying and, and how to kind of prevent that um, when they go back. Um, I don't even know. I mean, you know, bullying is, has, has been here since the beginning of time. I mean, adults bully. So kids learn to bully, uh, people bully, you know, and, um, you know, I really, for me, it's always been a part of teaching my children self-worth. Um, just what you go take and what you not go take. I mean, sometimes you have to, we, we have to be their first teachers um, in, in regards to, you know, kind of pumping them up that self-esteem and you know it, it can be hard out there you know and granted my children you know they play sports they were you know athletes so sometimes you know athletes as we know get treated better sometimes than, than kids who aren't but um what do you guys say to some of the kids that are going through bullying I mean I know that's kind of a, a different topic but it's also not <laughs> so what do you guys um think in regards to that the, the questions we have from um Miss Pearl and um Miss Erica in regards to helping with bullying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think mm -hmm. knowledge of self, 
does so much for one's self-esteem. Yes. So the way I approach education is always with Africa at the center, right? It's always yeah. with Africa at the center. Everything stems from who we are um, as a people. Everything. So that, that's the core of your. That's the core of your school, right? Math, science, social studies, reading, history, everything. I'm teaching the American history course right now, and it's American history. It's absolutely American history, but it's our history in America, mm -hmm. right? Everything comes from there. So knowledge of self does so much for one's self-esteem. And when, when when all you've been taught in school is that you was a slave, you was a nigga, you was a coon, you was a this, you was a that, you was a this, you was a that, and then you had to fight for your rights and you're still fighting for your rights because you got to kneel and you got to do this and you got to do that. When that's the, when that's the be that's when that's the center of your history that you know in the beginning. I don't, yes. I don't know what you thought. I mean, what would what would you think of yourself? Right. So someone, so when you take it back thousands of years, and somebody starts teaching you who you are and about your history from there, the self-esteem is different. I don't think there's much you'll take. Not no foolishness, you know. Right. And I think that the self-esteem is higher. Self-esteem. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think I think knowledge of self certainly is the first place to start with building that and building up, um, and, and, and building up that self-esteem and that resilience. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree, Christina. Were you about to say something? Saw you nodding your head. Yes, in agreements, in agreements. Um, you know, and and just you know, from a brick and mortar standpoint, because you know yeah. we still are operating in the system, right? No, I agree. That's why I had you guys on the different aspects. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Right. So you know, um, I just would recommend that if students are feeling bullied, um, true bullying, because sometimes I think we use that term incorrectly. Just be sure that, that students feel empowered to tell someone, um, you know, it always hurts my heart when I have a student tell me, you know, they've been bullied over once and but they didn't tell anybody. And so it's like, sweetie, I can't help you if you don't share, um, right. you know, because there's fear of retaliation and, you know, they're going to make it worse if I tell. But, you know, we're not mind readers. We wear a lot of hats, but that's not one of them. Uh, so we've got to be able to know what's going on. So if you do have a student who is in a traditional school system and you feel like, um, you know, they're being bullied, you need to, to look into that. Your student needs to, to tell someone you as the parent have rights. Um, we actually have some new laws in place um, mm -hmm. that make penalties even more stiffer uh, for for bullying, true bullying. So please be sure that, you know, students feel empowered. Um, to, to share and, and identify, I always tell students, have that one person that they can tell, mm -hmm. whether it's sure. a counselor, a teacher, a friend, whomever, find just one person that you can identify as a confidant and that be your person uh, so, so that we can help. Awesome. Awesome. Well, ladies, I, you know what? Y'all know I can talk about this all day. I, I just truly appreciate you guys. Um, for coming on and just having this conversation because it's, it's so important right now. We have a lot of people that just don't know and they don't even know that they don't know. So it's really important for us as a community, as a village to, to come together and just help at these times because it's, I mean, it's, it's crucial for us to step up. I mean, we have to step up and step in, um, you know, like it was commented earlier, some people don't have that voice. They don't even know, they don't know what to say, what to advocate for, for themselves. So it's important for us to have these type of spaces where we can discuss it. So I really appreciate you guys. I really um, would like for everybody to just give me one last thought. And this is not the, um, the long speech, you know, thought, but just a quick, <laughs> 
<laughs> quick thought, I mean, that you can leave us with because this is this is such a this is such a necessary conversation and it, and it's a needed time. And I do agree, Natalie, with what you said in regards to this is the time. If we did not have another time, which we have, but if we did not have another time, this is now to start advocating for ourselves. We have to advocate for ourselves. And when one can't do it by themselves, we need to come together as a village. So Natalie, I'm going to let you start, then Hannah L, and then I'll let uh, you close out, Christina. So um, I'm just I'm just going to say treat treat the children well, uh, treat them well. No, we, we don't have to break them for the world. No one else. May not, they may not treat them well out there, but we have a time now to teach them how they should be treated. So right. work through the emotions and take this time to treat them well. Thank you. Hannah L. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I would say um, that I think it's very important and can be really helpful in this time. I've said it before that we just kind of chill out and relax. Do not yeah. yourselves out trying to meet this finish line. Do what you can. If you do what I suggested or don't do what I suggested, I think <laughs> do what you can to get yourself to the finish line with um, as unscathed as possible. You know, um, get there and take the summer, the rest of the spring and the summer months to really just chill out and relax and figure out what the plan is going to be. And if you need help with that, I will help you free of charge, right? I will help you. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Global Faith Academy or on our website at globalfaithacademy.com. You can email me at globalfaithacademy at gmail.com. But Instagram certainly is the easiest uh, way to reach me because um, I'm certainly, I certainly want to help families um, make this transition into real homeschool if that's what um, if that's what they're led to do um, as a result of this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Christina. Um, I guess uh, the one of the last things I want to leave with is, um, you know, and it, it, it resonates with me all the time because I'm considered to be a strong one. Um, and so often I don't feel like I cannot be strong. Uh, right. So I'll leave with this. Check on your strong friends. Check on your strong friends. And students, you know, a lot of times we talk about those frequent flyers and the ones who are always on the radar, but don't forget about those that are not on the radar and are right. considered strong kiddos. Right. Check on your strong friends, check on your strong students. Right, right. Well, thank you guys. And I just want to um, just end with saying too that this this was not a, a, a negative against, um, like you said, brick and mortar schools. Um, this is just showing our options and also just being realistic in, in some directions that the world is going. And we want people to be prepared for it um, and to just have these resources. So when the time comes, as I believe is coming, they can be a little bit more prepared and have some resources. So we appreciate our teachers that are in the school system. We appreciate the ones that get up every day and, and go deal with our children um, and try to, you know, love them and educate them. So we do appreciate that. So please um, do not go away from this thinking that we don't. Uh, we are just saying that there are some things that I think that we think and I'll speak for myself that I think needs a change. And I think this is a perfect time for it to change. And I think, you know, for us to keep saying that we're going to go back to normal, I think this is a perfect time to say we should not be going back to normal because that was not working <laughs> for most of us. So um, we need to do what, what can help us all. So again, ladies, 
I appreciate you guys so much. It was so much fun. I could talk to y'all and I wish we could be, you know, sitting on the couch somewhere <laughs> on the floor <laughs> and talking about this because this was such a great conversation. So again, I appreciate you guys for coming on and taking your thank time. Thank you. Yeah, thanks thank for coming you. to this place. No thank problem. You. I just, I love you guys. And you guys check out, make sure you have your kids call into um, the storyline. I think that's a that's a wonderful idea. You guys support that. Um, and, you know, we have some resources that we will post um, as well in regards to mental health and some free resources in regards to that. And you guys can always check out with um, Black World Schoolers and Global Faith Academy. So, again, ladies, I love you guys. And thank you so much for coming on. And thank, thank you. you guys for watching um, the Breaking Bread Village. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Good night. Peace. Bye.